Ariel Mendez was elected to the Bend Park and Recreation District Board in 2019 with the endorsement of the Oregon League of Conservation Voters. While on the Parks Board, he has prioritized expanding Bend's urban trails and ensuring that Bend's parks and facilities are kept in good condition and are accessible to all. Mendez has served as board president of Bend Bikes, as a member of the of Bend's Citywide Transportation Advisory Committee, and regularly volunteers as a youth sports coach. He has a PhD in political science from Stanford University and teaches at OSU Cascades. He and his wife Suzanne enjoy riding bikes, hiking, and floating the river with their three growing children. Ariel Mendez is running for position five on the Bend City Council, a four-year term. This conversation is being recorded on September 15th, 2022. Ariel Mendez, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you taking the time. So uh, first question, I guess, is why have you decided to run for the city council while you're still in your first term on the Parks and Rec Board? Yeah, so I have uh, been serving on the Parks District Board for about three years, three and a half years now. Um, my term would be up next year, and when the opportunity came up to run for city council, I had always basically said no, mostly because of my three young children. Uh, but when I reflected on the kind of things that I I want to accomplish for our community, things like better connecting Bend for people walking and biking, making it safe to get around without a car. Um, the city of Bend has jurisdiction over the right-of-way, and we could we could really use that uh, to help people think of, you know, not just building great parks and destinations, but how they're getting there as well. So that's uh, that was really the main motivation to say let's not miss this opportunity to not not just grow anyway, but to really think carefully about how we grow, and uh, you know not not have to sit in traffic as long or pay us so much money at the pump um, and so forth. So this was a really short window of opportunity for me that I decided to jump in and take advantage of. So safe transportation is one of the issues that you highlight on your campaign website, along with affordable housing, homelessness, land use, and quality of life. If you could, um, and maybe starting with transportation, since you've already alluded to that, talk a bit about each of those issues for our listeners. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so transportation, I feel like, is maybe Bend's biggest opportunity. Bend is still relatively compact. We have... Uh, a pretty good system of, of transportation that works for people driving, but we don't really have that system for people walking, biking, or taking transit. And if you think about how cities have grown, a lot of time they they just keep adding more lanes, widening intersections, and that's kind of business as usual. If we do that, we're going to end up like just about every other city out there and miss the opportunity to help people get around uh, with less cost, less greenhouse gas emissions, um, and, and uh, frankly, a, a higher quality of life. You know, most kids uh, a couple decades ago walked or biked to school. They don't do that anymore because parents don't feel like it's safe. So the result is we have a huge traffic and congestion problem, especially in the mornings. Uh, but if we can think a little bit more intentionally about how we get around, 
we can prioritize things like safety and make sure that we're really, truly meeting everybody's needs when they're getting around. So in terms of public transit, um, do you support the idea that's been um, discussed by other candidates uh, about of a, a transit district? You know, I, I do. I think um, it, transit is really important. Um, and what I've heard about the funding challenges of our current setup is they use what's called a reimbursement model for funding the transit. And so even as hard as it is to hire qualified bus drivers, we need a transit district that will give a, um, a reliable source of funding so that we can provide uh, more frequent transit that is more convenient. Research suggests that it's not the cost that makes transit so difficult, but it's the level of service. And so anything we can do to uh, make those buses come more frequently, uh, make them go where people actually want to go. You know, we don't really need big buses. We need smaller, more frequent buses. So some of the other issues you talked about, can you, um, can you talk a bit about um, housing and, and maybe tie it in with the houselessness issue? Yeah, um, affordability is the number one challenge facing Central Oregon today. And the best way to address that is to build more houses. Um, you know, if you think about musical chairs, uh, if you have 10 people and there's only nine chairs, of course there's going to be people who are left out. And so the best way to address that is not to, uh, to first prioritize things like, I mean, you know, people often ask about things like rent control. Um, I think rent control is important, but it's not going to build more houses. It's not going to give that extra chair. But it is important to protect tenants from arbitrary decisions by landlords that really do upend people's lives. So expanding our housing supply, building a diversity of houses, so it's not just all single-family, high-end luxury homes, but really a diversity of housing at a variety of price points is really essential. And I also have been worried about the, the, uh, the houselessness challenge that Bend is facing. And frankly, it's not just Bend. It's not even just the United States. This is a worldwide challenge right now. I uh, recently read a book called Homelessness as a Housing Problem by um, two authors. One is uh, an assistant professor at University of Washington. And it really is persuasive in showing, <clears throat> excuse me, the connection to houselessness is is really about the price of, of housing. So in areas that have high rent, there's more people who end up being houseless. And the best way to address that, in, in my view, and I think there's research for this as well, is to expand our housing supply. Um, but I do want to be careful because I don't think that we can just expand our housing supply at any cost. It, it is essential, but I also want to make sure that we pay attention to how we grow. Housing is the number one cost, but transportation is the number two cost, and it's a very close second. So it's not going to do anybody any good if they can afford to live in a home but then can't afford to get to where they want to go, whether it's for work or for school, uh, for doctor's appointments, grocery shopping. So I don't want to miss that opportunity to make sure that we're growing in a sustainable and affordable and environmentally friendly way. So one of the areas that you also 
have cited on your campaign website is quality of life. And I was wondering if you could expand on that and maybe include in that making sure that Bend is a welcoming and safe place for people of color, LGBTQ people, et cetera. Yeah. So my wife is a pediatrician, and I find it really useful to take the, the frame of thinking about what works for kids. Because if we have a city that works for children, it will work for everybody else, including people with disabilities, older adults, um, and people of color and people in the LGBTQ plus community. The, the one common factor that affects all of those groups is affordability. And uh, when I talk to people in low-income households about what kind of barriers they're facing when it comes to participating in parks districts uh, programming, transportation is one of the biggest issues. Many of these households uh, don't have more than one car. Some of them don't have any car. And if that car is being used to get mom or dad or anyone else to work or to school, it's not available to bring kids to soccer or swim lessons or art classes, et cetera. Um, so if we can find ways of improving people's mobility, people are going to be able to live more independently. And that has so many benefits, whether you're looking at greenhouse gas emissions or health or safety. It's kind of a win-win-win all across the board. Um, so when we're talking about vulnerable communities that are, are facing a lot of uh, systemic challenges, whether it's systemic racism or uh, social oppression, um, helping people afford where they want, where they need to go, is one of the best things that we can do to help these communities um, so that they're not living in isolated neighborhoods that are not. Um, not diverse from the perspective of incomes or, or race or sexual orientation, that's another opportunity that we have. We can build communities that give people opportunities to truly connect and make friendships with people from different backgrounds. That's what I look back on and say, wow, if, it, if I didn't have that experience in high school, if I didn't have that experience in college or living in my 20s, I wouldn't be who I am today, and I don't want to miss that opportunity in Bend either. What are some of the other issues you're fo that you want to focus on in your campaign? What I guess the question really is what other issues and what kind of new ideas do you feel you can offer um, as a city councilor? Transportation has long been a, a focus and passion of mine, and I've, I've seen just so many missed opportunities. I mean, one that comes to mind a couple of years ago when uh, the city was updating its transportation system plan was just the idea that uh, what is the something like um, prioritizing safety or prioritizing traffic flow mean? Because you really can only have one or the other in a particular area. If you want to prioritize traffic flow and have fast-moving cars, that's fine, but you have to build for it. You can't have it going through people's residential neighborhoods or going by parks or schools. It just doesn't work. But that's what previous city councils have done, and that's the legacy that we're struggling with now. Um, we had a previous mayor who thought we could do both all the time everywhere, and that that's what multimodal meant. That doesn't work, and I want to make sure that we, we see that we need to carve out some space that is safe. 
uh, on selected routes, things like uh, safe routes to schools, safe routes to parks. This is what motivated um, then Councillor Anthony Broadman and I to propose the Bend Bikeway last year. This was this would be Bend's first separated, protected, connected network for people to get around on a bike. People who are walking or using mobility scooters can use it as well, but it's kind of a bike superhighway that runs north and south and east and west. And if you can get to that, you should feel confident that you'll be able to get anywhere else on that network where it goes, and then we'll expand from there. Um, so that's, that's one of the, the big changes that I hope to be a voice for on city council, bringing some of that experience and perspective from the parks district over to the city where it hasn't always been a priority. What's your opinion on the, on the generally on the work of uh, the current city council? I think that they've done a really good job overall. There's a lot of things that the city is doing that are heading in the right direction. These things take time. I once heard Barack Obama say about his time in office, you know, it's like uh, uh, turning an aircraft carrier. But actually, an aircraft carrier is much easier to turn than a city the size of Bend because there's there's a hierarchy. You know, there's uh, you know people are court-martialed if they don't follow orders. And we live in a democracy. It's it's uh, it's things are messy. Public opinion matters. So there's a lot of give and take that that uh, we have to account for. Um, but that's one of the opportunities too. You know, public opinion changes and whether it's something like uh, roundabouts or interracial marriage and segregation public opinion oftentimes is against it um, before they experience it and then after they experience it people wouldn't wouldn't want to have it any other way so there's a lot of opportunities there where i feel like uh, we can change course and um, help grow our city in in a way that uh, is sustainable and helps businesses' bottom lines. You know, things like making downtown more friendly for people walking or biking. Those are actually good for businesses' bottom lines, and we've seen this happen in every other city where uh, businesses are a little bit unsure. You know, they like the status quo. Even if it's not working 100% for them, they know it. It's familiar. And then once cities uh, implement these changes, it's even better than it was before, but it takes time for them to experience it and for them to reflect on it. So one issue that's come up uh, for obvious reasons in the last couple of weeks is the idea of the city council considering some sort of gun restrictions in our community. Have you given any thought to that issue? Yeah, I've given it some thought. I mean, I, I support uh gun safety measures, and I'm a pragmatist at heart, so I care about outcomes and, and effective public policy. We know that at the state level, making it, uh, make, providing appropriate measures for people who want to acquire firearms has better safety outcomes than states who just make it really easy for even an 18-year-old to show up by an automatic assault-style or, you know, semi-automatic assault-style rifle with a large magazine that can destroy people's lives. Um, so we know that works at the state level. At the city level, I'd, I'd want to know, is this going to work, or is this going to raise people's expectations of, of out, you know, having a safer outcome without actually being able to deliver on it? 
Uh, and I'm not sure about the answer to that, but in general, I support what works. And I do think that guns are a problem and easy access to guns are a problem. So what sets you apart from your opponent? Yeah, you know, uh, my opponent has a pretty low profile online, and I haven't really seen much about him. So I've never met him. I know his father is is, is uh, running against Emerson Levy for House District 53. From what I've heard in his interview with the Bulletin a couple of weeks ago, he's talking about a return to law and order, which I kind of think of as a dog whistle for uh, for oppression because that's how people see that. And that's not to say that law and order isn't important. It absolutely is. But when people use that language, I think I think it should be worried. Um, so I, I think that uh, Bend actually has an opportunity to be a model for how to police because um, we have a relatively low uh, number of police officers per capita compared to other cities. We have a small uh, police force overall, even accounting for other staff members. Now, we also spend a lot on parks, and I think there's an opportunity there to think about how are we channeling people's energy? You know, if we're providing positive opportunities for them to recreate and youth sports programs, uh, people have that kind of opportunity instead of um, more harmful, negative, uh, you know, potentially criminal opportunities. So, I think there might there there might be a connection there. I think there's some research on it that I'd like to learn more about. But it's looking at that kind of broader picture to say, how can we be more supportive of our community to provide positive outlets uh, before people turn to things like crime um, that will be really effective at preserving a, what people love about Bend, which is it's a, it feels like it's a small community. We have great access to nature, and we know our neighbors. So you mentioned that we have a relatively small police force. Are you... Do you think that that should be the size of the police force should be increased? Not necessarily. No. I mean, I think that it's something I don't want to take for granted. Um, you know, when I look at the response to the, the the tragic shooting at Safeway a couple of weeks ago, I think we know that armed guards in in classrooms and places like grocery stores that's not a good response. Um, it's certainly not a sustainable one. It's not a future that, that I want to live in. And that's where I think, you know, easy access to guns is the biggest problem. That's what the research shows. And uh, we need that, that ability to, to regulate based on safety to get those outcomes where there are fewer mass shootings uh, in states that have, that have appropriate gun safety measures in place. So, I don't think the answer is, is things like arming teachers or um, having more armed guards in classrooms. That doesn't make any sense to me, and, and, uh, and I think the empirical record backs me up on that. So how can people get involved in your campaigns? Please send me an email. Uh, visit arielforbend.com, and there's a place there to get in touch. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. But uh, there's lots of opportunities. We've got some lit stuffing parties coming up. Um, you know, it's, it is, there's opportunities for delivering lawn signs, um, lots of ways to plug in. I am hoping to win with spending the least amount of money. But in order to do that, I need your help. I think I've got a good shot, 
I've got the experience and uh, name recognition and the record that shows what's possible. And uh, so I think we're going to see a victory on November 8th. Um, but uh, I'd love to have your help and support. So thank you. So your and your name is spelled A R I E L. Exactly. Yeah. A R I E L F O R Bend B E N D dot com. So I always like to ask my guests: Is there anything more? Is there anything I didn't ask you? Is there anything more that you want to say to our listeners? You know, I think it's really just uh, thinking about kids. It's, you know, asking yourself, does our city work for children? Because if it works for them, it is going to work for everybody else. And that's the framework that I'm using. That's the framework that I will continue to, to be using as a city councilor. And I think that's how we can grow our city in a, a sustainable and cost-effective way that uh, is not going to have – people worry about when you say things like, oh, we need to take climate action – Climate action doesn't mean uh, doing, you know, doing away with all of life's luxuries and comforts. It means things like walkable, bikeable neighborhoods. It means things like uh, electric cars or solar panels on, on the roof of your house or business. So we can accomplish really great outcomes just by doing things a little bit differently, but we have to be intentional about them. So, Ariel Mendez, thank you very much for joining us here on the Radical Songbook podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. It was a pleasure to be here.